When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for the VolQuest podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Hey, good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome into it. This is the VolQuest podcast. I'm Eric Kane with Austin Price, Grant Ramey, and Brent Hubbs. Appreciate you guys for being here. Go ahead and like this video and uh, subscribe to us on VolQuest on the YouTube channel so that we can get this video out in front of more and more Tennessee fans. And of course, with it being midway through fall camp, no better time to join us over at the general quarters at VolQuest.com right now. Couldn't do this coverage without our friends Exterior Home Solution. Uh, again, at the time of this recording, storms are continuing to roll in. They've felt like they've they've been here for weeks upon end, Brent Hubs. But anybody that needs repairs to their home or just an upgrade, whatever that may be, Exterior Home Solutions can make that possible for them. Yeah, no doubt. Friend of the community, if you're in a time of need, if you've had a tree fall on your house or you've got roof damage from storms or whatever, they can come out and, and certainly uh, look at things and get you fixed and get you squared away to prevent any kind of further damage that you've had. Uh, working, obviously, with insurance companies throughout the area and all those things. But in addition to those things, if you're looking for a new porch or windows or siding or a new fencing, different things that you're looking for in your house, um, our friends at Exterior Home Solutions should be the first call you make. They will take great care of you as they do a terrific job, and they're a great friend of the community as well. Huge Tennessee fans, by the way. Huge. And today, you get a free estimate if you give them a call at 865-524-5888. That's 865-524-5888, or as always, visit them online, exteriorhomesolutions.com. All right, so we're you know kind of approaching midway point through fall camp. Tennessee and Virginia will kick off in a matter of a couple of weeks on September the 2nd. I thought it would be a good idea to kind of go through position by position and just kind of give an update on where we are in fall camp, kind of the, the pros, the cons, worry, concern, uh, strength, whatever the case that may be. So let's start with the quarterbacks. And again, we get to see just a little bit of practice. We don't get to see the scrimmages. But Austin Price, it looks like every time we're out there, and from hearing what Josh Heupel had to say about his quarterbacks post-scrimmage number one, off to a good start, Joe Milton looks good in practice. Yeah, been very, very solid. Um, you know, I mean, has he been perfect? No, but, I mean, no quarterback's going to be. It, it, just steady improvement. He improved from year one to being the backup last year and then, of course, being the starter of the last couple of games. I think he's improved more this year. Again, I, I, I do think that uh, – the biggest thing for Joe is, you know, you're obviously your highs are going to be really high with him. Can how, you know, not have the lows be so low. Can you, you know, instead of, I mean, Hubs knows this all the time. How many three and a half were there against Clemson? Uh, six or seven. Yeah. So can you make that three, four? Like you're not going to, you know, be perfect, but at the same time, like, can you make it, make, make your number of miscues or misfires, smaller and I think if he does that then I think that this is a Tennessee offense that will still be good I, I've said the whole time I thought Tennessee's offense would take a fraction of a step back just because of what you lost and the, and the steady Eddie you know players you had last year but I think Tennessee's defense takes a huge step forward and so thus you know you can have just as much success I, I just think ultimately this is gonna be one of those things where Joe when he has those big high plays it's going to be really, really, really like, whoa, that was unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, that, that Joe is that guy. I think, Grant, the biggest question I've got with Joe is can he put – it's a game of errors, okay? You're not going to play perfect, particularly when the coaching the coaching staff is telling you to rip it, you know, don't be afraid to take chances, those types of things. How does Joe put a bad play behind him to where – he can overcome second long if first down was a bad play, as opposed to compounding a bad first down play into a bad second down play, and then you do have one of those three and outs. I think that's Joe's. Joe's admitted that's been a challenge for him uh, in his career, and I think that's the question that you have with Joe, piggybacking off what Austin said. Was it Joey Halsey on media day talking about Joe not being so hard on himself? Do I have that right in my head that he was kind of focusing on kind of why the mistake 
yep. the mistake happening instead of kind of what made the mistake happen and how to correct it, stuff like that. Like, yeah, to Austin's point, he's got to be able to move on from those moments. The unfortunate thing for us is we've got, what, a little under three weeks until kickoff, and we're really not going to see anything with our own eyes that proves that Joe can do this or be the guy. Like, we're going to see him handed off for 10 minutes. We're going to see him throw routes on air for 10 minutes. Uh, and in a couple of weeks, even that's going to get eliminated and they're going to go into regular season mode. So that's the thing for us is everybody's got questions and people ask us questions about what it looks like. And you can talk to people and all that stuff, but we're not going to see it with our own eyes until, you know, 11 a.m. Eastern time or uh, central time uh, in Nashville on September 2nd against Virginia. So there's going to be a lot of questions like there has been since the Orange Bowl ended. And we're not really going to have any answers until we see it with our own eyes, really. Oh, I mean, two two weeks. I mean, it, it's literally this is the last week. Like we'll, yeah, we'll true. practice, you know, this weekend and that's it. Buddy. Like it yeah. off. And so, um, but you're right. I mean, if you're doing your due diligence, I mean, there's enough people to talk to and, you know, um, uh, several of them are, <laughs> I would call them Eeyores. So like they're going to be <laughs> for, the, for the downside of things anyway. So like, uh, you know, if they're, if they're saying Joe's, you know, performing well, then they're not, uh, they're probably, they probably performing pretty well. So, um, you know, for, for my liking, again, I think he's continued to steadily improve. Um, but Grant's right, until you get out there, you don't know. It's kind of like the offensive line. We've all talked about there's some worry there. There's some worry from everybody over there about just left guard, right tackle, all that. But, you know, the scheme sets up a certain way. To It may not be as glaring as if you just kind of got in two tights and got north-south and, you know, tried to run downhill on everybody. Yeah, getting back to the quarterbacks, because we're going to dive in the offensive line and all the other positions in a second. But one, one more final thing on the quarterbacks. You, you know, Eric, I think the one thing that stands out to me about Joe a little bit is it doesn't feel like the personality and all of that is kind of forced or as, or as much as a flamboyant show as it was, particularly that first year. You know what I mean? On the practice field, even in the brief time that we're there, there's a lot more Joe trying to help his, his teammates – coach them, instruct them, and a little less of the flair that, that we saw. I don't think – I don't know that that's necessarily a big deal, but I think he's got a little bit more of a business-minded approach to things this fall camp than maybe what we saw that first year but before he got ready to go out and play uh, that season opener as a starter. I just think he's comfortable, right? And um, he, he's a guy that – this is now his third year in the system – uh, he's learned, as Austin pointed out, he's learned a little bit every single year. He's gotten better a, a little bit every single year. He learned from Hendon Hooker the last two years. I think he's comfortable in his own skin right now. And you're right, you do see him pulling aside of some receivers and, and kind of going over some matchups. A lot of these young receivers, he's coaching up Nico at all the, you know, all the time, you know, during practice while we're out there. So I think he's a guy that's comfortable in himself. He's competitive, and also he's just ready to go out there and and, and let it be his time. And, and we'll see exactly what that looks like. Real quick before we move on from the quarterbacks, though. A quick Nico update. It's never going to be perfect. Continuing to get uh, more and more involved in the offense, his grasp of the offense. Austin, while we're out there again, he looks you know pretty decent. Josh Hopple had a lot of things, good things to say about him after the post scrimmage. What have you heard about Nico Iamaliava so far in fall camp? One one quick thing before we go to Nico, I will say what are we what are we saying during the two minute drill after the game in Nashville and in the post game pod about how crisp everything looks? You remember that first game Joe had two years ago, man? I mean Tennessee won rather easily but it was sloppy i mean like they they, they had to hit some late you know a couple of late touchdown bombs they just it, it, they just they, they were sloppy how much more crisp did they look two years in with some different personnel I, that's something i'm looking for as for nico again super talented um a guy that you know has made some freshman mistakes in fall camp as you would expect but flashes big and in hubs when when he flashes it then it leaves everybody going man <laughs> the future's bright yeah, you know, I think the scrimmage is a little bit of a tough judgment for him because, you know, he didn't have a lot of weapons to throw with, um, you know, because the, the twos were working with Joe as the ones because the ones were on the side watching. Uh, so, I mean, and Nico wasn't throwing to um, a great core of receivers who were going against – I mean, they were, he was throwing to walk-on receivers who were going against the Ricky Gibsons and the Jordan Matthews and – and those guys who you think are your real future in the secondary, I'm not knocking on the walk-on receivers, but it's just a different level there. The one thing I keep hearing about Nico is from people is he's better after we're gone, not because Grant, he's afraid of the media or bothered by the media, but the more clutter that you get out there, the more quote real football it is and less routes versus air and that type of thing, the better Nico seems to perform. Now we haven't seen that, 
but that's kind of the vibe that you're getting is that he was better in the scrimmage than he's been in some practices leading up to the scrimmage. I mean, what was the talk in bowl practices and spring practice that it was kind of a struggle to adjust to this pace, which I think it would be for any quarterback coming into the system and, and trying to play as fast as Josh Hopple wants to play. But to hear Josh on what day was that Thursday after the scrimmage say he doesn't make the same mistake twice as a freshman and a guy that you know has made that progress from bowl practice to spring practice to fall practice, and it seems like he's progressing pretty quickly because like what Hubs is talking about, when there's more people on the field, when it's more real football, it's faster football in Josh Hopple's offense. And if he's not making the same mistake twice and he's moving the offense at the speed he wants to and he's making plays with the walk-on receivers like Hubs talked about, uh, it seems like he's progressing in the right way. And it's also, I think it's pretty rare to have a guy that it doesn't seem like he has much of a ego to him. I mean, five-star number one overall player in the country and he's fine sitting behind Joe and working with Joe. And Joe's coaching him up after uh, even those handoff reps that we see early in practice. So uh, it's a really fun dynamic to watch. I think UT is really fortunate to have it. Let's talk about those weapons. The wide receiver position, I think, can be, and it's wild to even say this because you lost a Blitnikoff Award winner. You lost a 1,000-yard receiver a couple years ago in Cedric Tillman. I think the wide receiver position could be a, a huge strength for Tennessee. Uh, Brew McCoy, Squirrel White, Dante Thornton, Romel Keaton. Um, all those guys, you know, have missed you know a practice here or there. They didn't scrimmage on Thursday, but Grant, we'll, we'll go right back to you. Uh, those wide receivers are going to be a strength for Tennessee. They're all a little bit different, and it looks like those guys are coming along as well as Caleb Webb and Chad's Nimrod, a couple of promising sophomores that you've heard a lot of good things about. I think with Hypel, what Hypel has that I don't think a lot of Tennessee coaches have had in a while is the benefit of the doubt. Like, you got any questions, you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, they're going to produce. I mean, he had Javonta Payton running wide open in year one with, you know, whatever 65 scholarship guys on roster that he talks about all the time. Like, Cedric Tillman, he hadn't done a ton before Josh got here. Look what he did in that first year. Uh, Jalen Hyatt hadn't done a ton before Josh got here. Look what he did last year, uh, the crazy numbers he put up. And then you bring in Dante Thornton, a guy that Halsey calls – freakish with his ability to you know the speed and the size that he has squirrel what we've seen from joe and squirrel late in games last year i mean i think if it is weird to say you feel really good about the wide receiver position given what you've lost in cedric and jalen but you feel really good about the wide receiver position because you saw some of it from mel keaton last year you saw some of it from brew mccoy and now you plug in these other guys and you plug in a guy joe that can throw the ball the way he can and you and you have that benefit of the doubt with the head coach in the offense uh, it looks like it's going to be another set of receivers that could put up big numbers because that's just what they've always done. Yeah, I'm curious to see – and here goes Austin's going to laugh because this is Hubs' Eeyore moment, right? Um, <laughs> I, you I guys wanna, know Hubs worked at a funeral home? So I, I, I want to see I want to see Dante Thornton in a game. Yeah, um, and, and not because I think Dante Thornton is – not ready or is not talented enough or, or any of those types of things. I, I just get a little bit hesitant when all this gushing talk about freak athlete and, and all these things, and, and he hasn't done it really on any kind of consistent basis, AP. I mean, he, he, he flashed with some deep – he was kind of the Javante Payton at Oregon, right? I mean, that was kind of it. It was th kind of throwing him a deep ball and that sort of – sort of his his stat line at Oregon so I think he has all the tools and talent in the world I, I think I you know because we don't get to see how it translates against physical contact and, and against 11 on 11 stuff and in game action I, I want to see that one a little more I, I have total belief that he's going to be a good player I just don't know that he's going to be the plug and play Jalen Hyatt because he's a quote freak like some people have suggested. Does that make sense? Does that make me Mr. Negative AP? No, I don't think so because, I mean, ultimately, you know, everybody here has gone and got fallen into, you know, man, he looks pretty. And right. you're hearing him making enough plays in, in practice back in the – you know, when he was – when he actually went through spring practice before he kind of was held out with the hamstring stuff. Um, then in fall camp that, like, you're like, okay, like, let's not get out ahead of ourselves because, you know, like, let's let's see him put together a game or two. And, and there's no doubt the talent's there. Like, I mean, again, if he is who they think he is, he's going to be in the NFL draft come April because that means he's had that he's going to, he's going to really be a key asset for this team and will likely put up big numbers. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I do think you want to kind of just see it, you know, just see some consistency, stay healthy, have the hamstring not flare up, stay on the field. Cause I do think if he stays on the field, he's going to make plays. 
But the easy prediction for all these receivers is either to go with Ramel Keaton, who's got an incredible rapport with Joe, and or Brew McCoy, same type thing. Um, but we all know what happens in the slot in this offense, which is why there is such excitement for Squirrel White, for Dante Thornton, um, just like, you know, that we saw out of Bayless Jones and, and Jalen Hyatt. So, um, you know, again, I, I, I don't think that's an Eeyore moment from you at all. I think that's a very valid point. Like, now, again, if, if he goes and has two good games and you're still saying this stuff, that's the ER, Eeyore moment. <laughs> <laughs> and what I'm intrigued about too is again we've seen this high offense for two years and, and they can say all that they want but because of the tempo you're you're playing three wide receivers the most of the time we talk about this all the time you have to have that tight end out there um, but I do believe those four wide receivers Squirrel, Dante, Ramel, and Brew McCoy are all going to play football has a way of working itself out in terms of snap count now is it as simple as somebody gets hurt and then you move some things around Dante Thornton's got versatility you can bump to the outside maybe or if all is healthy, maybe you get a breather this series. You get a breather this series. It's going to work itself out. Um, Remember, none of those four that you just named went through the scrimmage on Thursday. Yeah, I think it's I asked Josh Heupel that on the, on the Nation Sunday night. How important is it to get those four back for scrimmage number two? Now he, he was right to point out, you know, hey, we have them out there when we do eleven on eleven work, you know, um, you know, during regular practice. So because they scrimmage during regular practice days. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's important to get at least a few of them back heading into uh, into this thing. I mean, what Hub said about Dante Thornton, you could say about Joe, you could say about the offensive line. I, you need a couple of games to kind of start to judge these things. I, I get there's a lot of promise and a lot of flash, but you still have to kind of see it. Look at Tennessee's team last year against Pittsburgh. Did you ever see them a month later beating LSU at LSU? That was actually just a few weeks later beating Alabama at home with Bryce Young. I mean, like, did anybody see that? Because I can promise you, when I left Pittsburgh, I didn't see that. You just get better. I mean, you know, good football teams find a way to get better every single week, and that's what Tennessee did. But to your point, no, <laughs> I don't think anybody saw that. I mean, those are some big-time wins. Well, and I think one of the, the final things on the receivers here, one of the positives there is the development of Chaz Nimrod and Caleb Webb. Oh, yeah. Sure. Because a year ago, Grant, they, they played three guys because they had three guys who they believed that could line up and play. They didn't have a whole lot of other options. That they clearly have, you know, four right now they feel comfortable with. But the extra work that Nimrod and, and Caleb Webb have gotten in the scrimmage stuff, which is why I don't think those big four are going to scrimmage a whole lot on on Wednesday, maybe a little bit, but not much, is continuing to build some depth in case they have a, a nagging injury or they want to play more people. I, I think that is an underlying positive of fall camp that that doesn't get talked about a whole lot because I do think that's allowing them to, to for those young guys to kind of get themselves more acclimated and comfortable in this offense. And and while I agree with that, don't you think and maybe not for Ramel or Brew, but don't you think Dante Thornton needs to work Wednesday? He's probably the one guy that I look and go, yeah, he needs to go. Maybe the other guys can set out, but I feel like Dante needs to go Wednesday. Yeah. I think with I think with Chaz, I think with those guys, I think it's not just depth, it's competitive depth. And I don't think Tennessee's had that in two years under Josh Heupel. I don't know how many receivers are going to play. I don't know how many they're going to need to play. I don't. They might find their three guys and roll with, and that's that. And I don't know who those guys will be and whatever. But to have options and to have good options, not just bodies to throw out there, but to have competitive depth is, I think, something Tennessee has not seen in two years. And I think with other position groups as well, maybe you take step forwards with other position groups where you take step back with some of them. So I think competitive depth is a big difference than just depth. And I think it's the first time Tennessee's starting to have that or starting to look like they have that at least under Josh Hype. Yeah, and Austin, I would agree with you. I think out of those four, Dante Thornton needs to work more than anybody else. And I would probably put Squirrel White second because he has missed some time in fall camp or sure. been limited. So I, I agree. I don't think that those guys need to be in street clothes and, and Crocs on the sideline. I do think they'll be smart and mindful with them. But, but at, at the same time, too, I, I don't think that they're going to just wear those guys out in this second scrimmage. Um, Hubs, you're showing your age, man. Kids don't wear Crocs. They wear slides. Slides. <laughs> oh, well, at my, my house, they wear Crocs. So. My, kids, my kids got Crocs. My first, my first graders got Crocs. Crocs Love are back, baby. Right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll conclude – the offensive side of the football here in a moment. The, the last position group before uh, we take a short breather I want to hit on is is the running backs. And I don't think there's a lot to talk about here, Austin. Um, 
again, you know, coming into the season, coming into camp, it's like, all right, you like it top to bottom. It's a deep group. It's a pretty experienced group. There's no Superman, but there's a lot of guys that can play, and I think we're all expecting Jalen Wright to take a step and maybe be that lead back in that group this year. But Wright's had a good camp. He had a really good run that they put on social media in that scrimmage where, uh, man, he, he just looked really physical. That was good to see. Jabari Small, um, you know, Josh Hopple was talking a lot about Jabari Small after the first scrimmage. Dylan Sampson, who has been limited a little bit, he's been out there working. You have Cam Selden, of course, and you look at that room again, top to bottom, I feel like it's deep. Um, it's one of the deeper rooms in the SEC. Might, might not be the most talented, but you feel good about that position at this point in camp. Yeah, I mean, halfway through August, I think barring an injury, the first running back out there against Virginia is Jalen Wright. I mean, he has had a phenomenal offseason, had a great spring up before they kind of just shut him down, um, has had a great summer, has continued that into fall camp. If anything, I think he is uh, – I want to call him secretariat, boys. I think he is – he's widening the gap between he and the rest. I mean, I, I think there's some real separation there between Jalen Wright and the other backs in that room. And so, um, you know, I think he's continued to improve. And, and really, you go back, he didn't play his senior year. His junior year – you know, you know, he was sharing carries. His sophomore year, he was sharing carries. Before that, he didn't play. He just not played a ton of football. And so to see him kind of go boom, all of a sudden it just light come on and it started to click um, is a good sign. And it just shows that, you know, sometimes it takes, you know, a player a little while to kind of get going and find their footing. Um, you know, he, he's, he's showcasing different dynamics based on my talks with people than he's shown um, in his first few years here. And, uh, this is a Jalen Wright that I think saw his good friend Jalen Hyatt a year ago rise to stardom when focused, and I think Jalen Wright's very focused. Yeah, all you got to do is read the quote from Josh Heupel or listen to the quote from Josh Heupel on The Nation uh, because the question was, you know, about running backs and, and, and about Jalen Wright, and the next 40-second answer was Josh Heupel talking about Jalen Wright in a way he's never talked about Jalen Wright, and, and not just from a talent standpoint – but from, I mean, he referred to him his his professional approach, business like approach, carried himself like a pro, uh, speaks volumes to the maturity that he's seen out of Jalen Wright because he would not have said that a year ago. That those are not phrases that would have been associated with Jalen Wright and Josh Heupel a year ago. Tells you tells you the maturity that J, that Jalen Wright has had in this program under Jerry Mack. Again, like Austin said, you, you watch your best friend Jalen Hyatt. You know, catch the jug machine after you know five touchdown game against Alabama. And the way he goes to work, you see Ramel Keaton doing that now. I mean, Jalen Wright probably picked up a thing or two as well. So excited to see that group. We'll hit on the tight ends, the offensive line, and then we'll transition to defense. Uh, here is the uh, VolQuest podcast continues. But I want to tell you about our friends, Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite event. It shouldn't be a, a stressful process. And with Game Time, it's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater near you. With killer deals, with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing out over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you are going to have. Some of the things you can like about the Game Time app experience. All right, you got flash deals, last-minute tickets. Uh, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. We're talking football. We're talking Tennessee. But, you know, there are concerts all the time in the Knoxville area. Again, there's theater uh, downtown. Whatever it is, you can find it on the Game Time app. Uh, images for your seats. You can see them before. Lowest price guarantee. If the event is canceled, you have protection, job loss protection, and a whole lot more. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and a whole lot more at the Game Time app today. The Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find the tickets in the same section for a row or less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. That is a really, really good deal there if you find some cheaper tickets. So right now, I encourage you to go and download the Game Time app Create an account and use the code VOLS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code VOLS for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. That is Game Time. Download that app today. And as always, right here at the VolQuest Podcast, couldn't do it without our friends, Exterior Home Solutions. Your roof, it's the most important protection against nature for your home or your business. That's why I trust the experts at Exterior Home Solutions. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. As always, a big time thank you to Exterior Home Solutions. They do incredible work here in East Tennessee. Big time Tennessee fans. And if you need repairs to your home or literally uh, just an upgrade on anything around your home, windows, siding, decking, porch, roofing, whatever it is, Exterior Home Solutions can help you out today. Uh, We went through nearly all the positions on the offensive side of the football. Let's hit up tight ends. We'll do offensive line, and then we will shift to defense. Uh, Brent Hubbs, tight ends. You feel good about having Jacob Warren in there. He's been in college for a decade plus. Uh, he knows the system. He's like another coach on the field. That helps with a new, you know, brand new tight ends coach. You like the progress of McAllen Castles. He's been getting a whole lot of work and practice and scrimmages. And you like the progress of Ethan Davis, who you have might be the most important freshman uh, to this football team because he's got to have to play. Yeah, no doubt he's going to have to play. I think the biggest question with all three of those guys, even though Jacob Warren's played a lot of football, is what's their physicality uh, when they're in tight, um, you know, uh, up against the tackle and the sea area or whatever they call that in football. You know, um, it's very comfortable for Castles and, and for Davis Grant to be split out wide. They're big receivers. That's how they play. Now you're asking them to block. They're willing blockers, but how effective are they going to be not only in the run game, but when they're also asked to slide in and, and help with some protection as well, where are those guys going to be? That's the transition uh, that you're going to have to see out of McCollin Castles and, and and Ethan Davis, two guys who have not done a whole lot of that in their football careers. Yeah, I think they looked apart the 100%. Uh, I think you're, you're really happy to have Jacob Warren back, uh, looking back and just kind of what this room looks like now. I mean, McCollin Castles looks the part. I mean, he's the – he put on what 15, 20 pounds uh, since the whenever whenever he arrived here, and and you look at what he did at UC Davis, and uh, you just feel good about kind of what his potential is. But it's again almost like quarterbacks; you got to see it to believe it, and we haven't seen anything on the field. So you like what those guys bring, and I like what Ethan Davis did in the spring, and what we saw in the orange white game before he got hurt, and the way he's bounced back from that. And it feels like the present and the future of the position uh, is bright. We just need to see it on the field. We look at the offensive line now, Austin Price, and obviously um, you came into camp with a couple big-time questions. With Cooper Mays being sidelined here for the next couple weeks, that has another question added into this. You have veterans like, you know, Ollie Lane, who has versatility, who's kind of going with the centers right now, leaves a, you know, a left guard position that he was very much in with, but that's still a big-time question. Gerald Mincy was pretty much getting exclusive work on the left side with the twos. He's been getting more and more work on the right side, along with Jeremiah Crawford at right tackle, John Campbell at left tackle. Still some questions. Versatility is going to help Tennessee, but kind of where are we midway through fall camp on the offensive line? Well, I think the biggest question is left guard for me. I think, you know, you've got, you know, some tackles that have played. I'm not nearly as worried about that right tackle spot uh, as I am left guard. I think that left guard spot, uh, it's a – glaring glaring weakness as of right now until proven otherwise and you know is that Andre Carrick is it Ollie Lane of Cooper's back is it uh, Addison Nichols who's gotten more and more work at left guard is it Jackson Lampley who is it um they need somebody to step up uh again I think this offensive line if they stay relatively healthy and again that's a big if because it's football um would you know has it still a chance because of the scheme to be okay I think that they are an injury or two away from being, uh oh, like, you know, I think they've got to stay healthy uh, at the tackle spots and they've got to find some serviceable guards. And then, of course, we're all talking about, you know, the center position. I, Cooper's going to be back, you know, sooner rather than later. I mean, he may miss the first game, but I, I think he's back, you know, in, in somewhat in early September. And, you know, as long as he can stay healthy, Tennessee will be fine there. But, you know, you start, you know, you, you know, have a you know, player or two go down here or there and the whole thing, really could be uh, a house of horrors, in my opinion. Well, I think you could have said the same thing for a year for last year. I, yeah. think, say, I think you can say that the same thing about every year for, for that yeah. position. Uh, but you're right. I mean, you know, they don't they don't have a ton of depth there. Um, we'll, we'll see what that left guard spot, you know. I, I think it may be much like they did um, Eric at left tackle a year ago where they rotated some guys in there. 
you know, J.J. Crawford would go until he kind of got tired and it would be Mincy or it would be Mincy. And then when he needed a, a, a break, they kind of they would go J.J. Crawford. They just platooned that. I, I think you could see them definitely platooning at the left guard spot. I, I, I don't know that you're going to see a guy just anchor in and, and be the left guard. I am with Austin. I've said it for a month. That's a bigger question mark to me than right tackle. I don't think any of us are surprised Gerald Mincy's getting more work at right tackle. Um, after this first scrimmage, I think we probably all saw that was likely going to happen. And um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I know this. We, we talked about Jacob Warren with the with the tight end group. Um, I, I think Tennessee's pretty fortunate that that Ollie Lane decided to use his COVID year and come oh, back yeah. uh, because where would they be at the center spot if he wasn't on this roster right now? Not that they're great there, but the fact that he can handle that position relatively short order. I mean, he's only worked there a week or so and he's already running with the ones. So, uh, that they were, you know, they were fortunate. He decided to come back for another year because that was not his plan in early November. You know, Brent, you and I were talking coming off the practice field, I guess, Sunday morning, uh, Tennessee's leaving no stone unturned. They're trying to figure some things out. They're trying to, you know, look at this combination, look at this player here. Could there be a situation where you have one of those tackles could slide inside? The popular name right now is Dane Davis. He was seen at practice over the weekend, snapping the football a little bit. I don't, personally don't think Dane Davis is going to be the center in this offense, but they're just giving him a look there. I, I think Dane Davis could get a look at guard as well just to try everything to, to you know make sure that they're seeing all possibilities, obviously, before you get into game week. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what you do. I mean, you take your veterans and you cross train because you're 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 working what if scenario. Yeah. Okay. And what if Austin is in game one? You know, what if Ollie Lane goes out, rolls his ankle, or or loses his helmet or something like? Who who's going to be your next center? Is it Addison Nichols, or is he clearly so much more comfortable at left guard? You don't feel like you can play him at center. I, I think you, I think you're at the point where you're starting to work every contingency plan, not because you're desperate. It's not desperation necessarily, but it's just for what you were talking about earlier. What happens if you have a couple of injuries? How does this look? Who could be the possibility to, to float around? Because some of those guys can't play three positions on the offensive line. You know, some guys are kind of locked in and that's it. So uh, I, I think that's kind of normal things that you do with some veteran players. Um, I, I don't, you know, we'll see if Dane Davis slides inside at guard. I, I don't I don't know that that's the direction they're going to go. I floated that out there as I just wondered. Um, but we'll, you know, we'll see what it looks like in this scrimmage and see what it looks like coming out. Well, you know, for me, I mean, I, I personally wonder deep down, does an Addison Nichols, who knows as long as Cooper, Cooper's healthy, he's never really going to play center. Um, you know, where's he at mentally, you know, uh, in practice? I mean, Josh Dobbs, and I know they're two different positions, right? But Josh Dobbs was never a great practice player. Um, part of that was because they had the no contact jersey on him and he couldn't be himself, but, you know, uh, I think some kids just kind of go through the motions. I mean, I don't like to hit range balls. I'd rather just go play nine holes. Like, I don't care about sitting up there and hitting to a, a target, you know, over and over and over again. I'd rather, you know, kind of go out and see what happens uh, on a regular golf course. How much does that, you know, play into, a, you know, effect with some of these players? Do they kind of – do they love practice or do they go, eh, I'd rather just get to a game. And then all of a sudden the game lights come on and they are, you know – a little more engaged and they play a little bit better. I, who knows? I, I do think that's a possibility. I mean, I know the former head coach didn't believe in that, didn't believe, believe how you practice is how you played, but there are some kids that just don't like practice and they would much rather just get to a game. And I think that's possible with one or two of these guys. Who knows if that's the case? We'll, time will tell. Time will tell if it, when we get to a game. Kind of using that as a transition, let's go to the defensive backfield. Uh, Brandon Turnage, I think we all can agree is not the best practice player, but you know when he gets in the game, he he he, he makes some plays. Now again, he's like all the rest of them, got to stay healthy, got to stay consistent. Uh, but you know he was kind of a gamer a little bit last year when given the opportunity. He's off to a good start in fall camp. Looking at that secondary, Grant, um, you know Kamal Haddon, Danico Slaughter, you know they're they're cornerbacks. Obviously, some other guys are pushing them. There's been some injuries with Wesley Walker and Tamari McDonald allowing a look at Warren Burrell, gave Judy Lolly at the star. Jalen McCullough, Wesley Walker, Andre Turrentine at safety. Uh, there's There's been some different combinations back there, but we're kind of getting a little bit better of an idea where Tennessee's secondary stands now midway through. Who was it that had the good spring? Kamal Haddon? Is yeah. that right? 
Kamal yeah. had a good spring. Brandon Turnage had a good fall camp to date. I think that's two good pieces you got right there. At least you feel good about after seeing a little bit on the practice field. I think Danico Slaughter, what we've seen from him, kind of his uh, his history and kind of what we know about him, that's three pieces we feel good about. I think it's what me and Hubs talked about when we did those position previews during the summer. You have a bunch of pieces and you've got more bodies back there. It's about finding your best four, your best five, and uh, I don't know, Hubs, how close they are to finding their best four or their best five, but at least they have some options in in that search, I guess. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're going to go into game one and, and Gabe Judy Lawley is a rotational guy at corner and is not one of your starters, you've had a good fall. Yeah. That, 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 mean, that means Kamal Haddon has stayed Austin locked in. He's stayed focused. He's playing up to his talent level. We knew Danico Slaughter had talent. I'm not saying Gabe Julie Lawley is an all-world player, but that's a guy who's played a lot of football. And and if he's just going to be a rotational piece at corner, then then your corners have had a good fall. And you've got a ton of competition at that position, unlike what you've had in previous years where you gave out starting jobs when you handed out numbers. Yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, you know, again, the thing about Gabe, not sure he does anything great. He does nothing poor, though. Everything he does well. And, you know, I mean, it's just a football player. Just makes plays. Um, you know, Kamal's got talent when focused. Um, Danico, obviously, I think is is kind of in that. You know, I've said this before, like that Alante Taylor role, that physical corner that don't come to doesn't care to come downhill and 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 lay the smack because it's you know he's played that that safety spot at a high level, so he brings that physicality to the position. Um, they've got several corners. I mean, honestly, when you look at this team, <laughs> like they have more defensive backs, safeties, and and corners than they do anything. I mean, it is it's it's heavy in the back end, and so. You know, I, I'm with Hubs. Like, if, if Gabe is not in the starting lineup, then that means you, you know, probably had a pretty good fall camp and feel good about where you're at at the corner spot. I still question about where they are at safety and where they are at star. Um, see if T Mac can get healthy and, uh, and then Wesley Walker as well. Yeah. I was going to say this. Sorry to cut you off, Brandon. I was going to say this before we move to LBs. Um, kind of on that safety star combination, you know, Tamari McDonald's been sidelined a little bit. You know, we don't have the answer to this right now, but say he does get healthy. Um, is Tennessee pushing to an opportunity to where if you're healthy, hey, you know, go over there and let's play some safety. Let, let, let's see what Warren Brell and, and Gabe Lolly if they can if they can iron down this star position. I know they've kind of been doing that so far, but if you're a coach, you'd love to be in that situation to where you could maybe get a different look and see if T Mac can play safety. Yeah, the problem with that is I think fall camp's too far gone. I mean, if if T Mac had been healthy throughout fall camp, maybe. But, but now, I mean, you're, you're talking about getting into, you know, less than three weeks from playing a game. You got to get him, you got to get him backed in and, and, yeah. and ready to go at, at the star position. I, I don't, I don't know that you're experimenting with that with, with, you know, 10 days to go before you play a game or, or, or two weeks to go, to go. I, I'm not sure that that's a, a possibility. One guy who I think has had a, a, Solid fall that I was kind of written off. That not as bad as I wrote off Kamal Haddon in the spring before spring practice started because I didn't think he'd be on this team. Austin Price. I think Andre Turrentine is a guy who is finding his footing a little bit. I, I don't, you know, I think it was not great for him a year ago. I, I think the transition, and I don't know that it went extremely well for him. But with the absence of Wesley Walker, he is a guy you're talking about you know, who likes to practice. I mean, he's getting some valuable scrimmage reps with the ones and the twos, which he was not getting a year ago. And, and I think it's kind of woke him up a little bit. Does he play a lot? Is he in a rotation? I don't know, but I think he has made a better account of himself this fall than he has at any point in time since he's been at Tennessee. Yeah, I think it's amazing once you kind of block out a lot of the outside noise, you know, um, and, and just kind of focus. And again, I go back to the, what I was talking about, the offensive line. I think turn time knew he wasn't going to play a whole lot last year. It's easy to kind of go through the motions. I think he feels like he's got a shot to play this year, more focused, and 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 we see a more uh, – what's the word Hypoly loves to use? Um, he, he says it all the time. He said it uh, like three or four times. Uh, it's not de- it's like deliberate, but it's not deliberate. Um, either way, the, their focused is, is the best way to put Andre Turrentine. He has been intentional. There you go. Yeah, he's, been yeah, inten- he's been intentional with his preparation. Well, and here's the – go ahead, Grant. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was about to go back to Butch and say consistency and performance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing, too, about the secondary, we've not seen this from them under Tim Banks because they haven't had the bodies. Are Do they be, become a team on third and long situations that play a six defensive back package? 
a comfortable six defensive back package because they've got enough bodies there. How much more schematically can they be different in terms of disguise and doing different things in third and long situations, which is an area, Grant, this team has to improve defensively from a year ago. It, they did a good job, better job of getting off the field on third down. They still gave up too many third and eight pluses. Can they be more creative because they have more bodies back there schematically to make them a better third and long football team? I mean, you, you would hope so. Uh, you would hope that if you have this advantage of having more bodies and having more depth and competitive depth, that, that you can put a better product on the field. I think that's the case with the front seven at large. That this like the questions I have about the offensive line. I'm sure we're getting ready to talk about linebackers and defensive line and all that. Like the offensive line, in my opinion, can take a step back if this front seven and this defense, the secondary can get off the field more and can get more stops. I mean, if you can be a little bit more productive defensively, you don't have to score 46.1 points a game and, and lead the nation in scoring and, and be everything they've been the last couple of years on the offensive side of the football. So you would think more bodies, more possibilities, more creativity. Uh, we haven't seen that in two years uh, with this defense because they haven't had those bodies and they haven't had that chance. Uh, but you would think with that chance now existing that they could take advantage of it and get off the field a little bit more. Third and long. Go quarters, take those LBs off the off the field, throw some more DBs in there, get to work and through that third and long because that was not very good last year. Uh, linebackers, uh, awesome price. You've written about it. I think we've all written about it at some point in time. Uh, deeper, more uh, more skilled. Um, you feel better about that room right now if you're Brian John Marie than you have uh, the the entire time you've been here at Tennessee. Two veterans at the top, a lot of young talent behind. I think that's going to be a, a real impact position for Tennessee's defense that's trying to take a step forward this year. Yeah, I mean, they're just deeper. I mean, I, that's the, the key phrase. They're talent, more talented. I think um, I would I would call the room less volatile. <laughs> I mean, like, just, you don't say. It's, it's just a more, uh, a more, I think, cohesive unit. Um, you know, with the young guys, the older guys. I think Keenan Peely has been an outstanding addition. You heard uh, the head coach on The Nation Sunday night rave about how much I guess, more athletic that he is than they thought he was coming in. They knew he would be a good, steady, you know, you know, senior type voice to the room. But all of a sudden, he is, you know, flashing big time. He flashed big time in that Thursday scrimmage um, and showed an incredible amount of uh, athleticism as they kind of turned him loose. I, I've said I've compared him to Acuna just because that's the most, you know, recent ACL thing in my mind. But, I mean, again, he's in year two off the ACL surgery, kind of like Ronald Acuna is. Is he just – is he back to feeling like he was before the ACL? You know, it takes a while to get over those. And uh, if that's the case, he and Aaron and Aaron Beasley continuing to develop and some of those young guys. I mean, BJ is the happiest guy on campus. And, and the biggest thing is BJ can rotate and feel okay about it. Like, last year when he would rotate, I mean, I, I think he was probably like over there, like, you know, like, like peeking through, you know. <laughs> Well, you had to play a true freshman last year when you did that, and, and no offense to Elijah Heron, you probably just wasn't ready, you know. But I mean, you felt good about Beasley, but now you can rotate, and you you, you probably feel good about him. Yeah, so I just think it's just a, a more cohesive unit, a more explosive unit. Um, again, you can't wipe away what Jeremy Banks did on the field. That guy against Alabama, that guy against a lot of teams, he was awesome. I mean, yeah. he, he had a great year last year, but you know, on the whole. They just were a unit that was still, you know, a step or two away. I think they finally got there. Nobody's sleeping better at night than Brian Jean-Marie right now. He is he is sleeping sound each and every night because, A, he's got room and depth, and, B, he's not worried about his phone ringing. So, um, he's, <laughs> he is sleeping well, and he has a group of guys to that, that he can really deal – really go with and, and, and develop from and – um, I think I think Peely has been the surprise transfer of all the transfers to this point. Now, we're we're going to talk about Omar Norman a lot. I think he's made plays. But I think when you talk, we asked this question on the podcast last week about who, who's the biggest impact transfer guy. It, it may end up being Keenan Peely when it's all said and done because he's been – he was that good in the scrimmage. We'll see if he backs it up, but he was that good in the scrimmage on Thursday. And, and, and who picked that player, Hubs? Go ahead. Go ahead and give yourself a nope. nope. I didn't pick him at first. I came back to it later. But um, – I didn't know he was going to do that. I mean, everybody I talk to when you when you talk they to people about doing it in a game, yeah. Know. I mean, but everybody you talk to coming out of the scrimmage, all right? Who stood out to you? Whatever. It was very quickly somebody got to Keenan Peely. Like, yeah, no. we didn't we didn't we didn't know he was going to make that. We would know he was going to be able to do some of those things that he did. First guy off the bench, AP, is it going to be Elijah Herring or Aaron Carter? 
I think it'll be a lot. Well, it depends. It depends on who has to come off the field. And I think it depends on situational as well. Elijah Herring played a lot of third downs last year. All right, defensive line. Um, Let's group this all together. I know it's a big group. It's like uh, when you watch Rodney Garner go through individual the bag drills, it's a line of like 40 guys. It's like, why not split it up? Um, Let's do it all together here. Omar Norman, lots of impact player. You know, Tyler Barron, Elijah uh, Herring, Elijah Simmons have, have, you know, got got some praise from Rodney Garner last week. You still have Omari Thomas down there. You have Karad Garner. You have a lot of returning options. Sophomores looking to stand up. And then you have the pass rushing, the Leos. Uh, a lot of a lot of potential there, Grant Ramey, uh, with Roman Harrison, and then three long explosive options as a collection, as a group. You feel like again, this could be one of the deeper, more experienced, one of the better units for a defense that's going to take a step. But we're going to have to see it happen, right? I mean, go back and look at that picture that Tennessee put out uh, after the scrimmage of who was it? Joshua Joseph getting off the bus. I mean, he looks like a million bucks. He looks like a a guy that's going to get after a quarterback. But you know, we're going to have to see it to believe it because I mean. We talked to Rodney Garner last week. What do you say? We lost a lot of production when Byron Young left, when Byron Young played his last uh, game at Tennessee. And, and yeah, and Bumpus too. And who replaces those guys? And that's a great thing about talking to or listening to Rodney Garner talk in press conferences. He's going to be candid. He's going to give you, you know, he's not just going to tell you stuff to make you feel good. He's going to tell you the truth and, and what he thinks about his position group. I think that's the, the biggest question is, you know, they have some options there. And yeah, you like a lot of those names, but who is that guy that gets after them or who are those guys that gets after the quarterback consistently and how productive can they be uh, getting after quarterbacks? Hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gee, yeah. Eric wishes you would uh, separate the D line. <laughs> He's like, uh, who the hell is there? I think that there is much. Uh, right, right. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Um, you may tell you what he said. I sorry, we, Megan can't beep that part out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, this is gonna be a fun group to watch. To me, this may be linebackers, the youth of the linebackers development, um, and then watching some of these young guys and see how Rodney Garner works these guys into a rotation or into playing time. I think it's gonna be one of the one of the better things to watch with this football team. Um, you know, we've talked about Pierce and Joseph, you know, the whole time we'll see, but, but what is a guy like Weathersby? Where is he, you know, nobody's talked about Tyree West. Where is he going to be at right now? I don't, I don't know. Omar Norman lots made his place. He's got a lot of people and a lot of bodies there. And he really likes Austin, those young guys that he has from a potential standpoint, how quick does that get accelerated through the season? How much does he try to force some of those guys out there? I think it's going to be really um, really interesting to watch. They're definitely more athletic uh, across the board. They have a better understanding of what that you know they want to do scheme wise, and and we'll see. I mean, they're going to be able to play anywhere from twelve to fifteen guys on the defensive line if they want to. They could be as deep as anybody in the country when it's all said and done. And the good thing about the defensive line too is, depending on situational football, you will see different packages out there. You will see different groups out there. Points in times last year, there were a couple different Leos on the field at the same time. In third and long, I mean, you could have Roman Harrison out there, James Pierce, Joshua Josephs, and Tyler Barron. That could be your defensive line, potentially. I mean, you know, Rabbits package. You know, Tyree West was in there last year. That's a good thing about football package and situational football. You can you can play a whole lot of different guys. So there's a lot of options, Austin, and a lot of guys that, that Rodney's been impressed with so far. But as he will be the first to remind you, got to keep going. Got to keep going because you're, you're not where you need to be, and you never will. No, 100%. I mean – He's going to continue to push guys left and right. It doesn't matter how much success they have. He is going to not let them get out ahead of themselves, get out over their skis, and 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 feel too good about themselves. As, even if he feels good about them, even if even if he is like a proud papa, and he does not want them to rest because he wants to continue to push, continue to push, continue to push to see how far he can develop them in a short amount of time. Well, and with that group, with that group, you better not take a day off anyway because you're going to get the wrath of Rodney, right, Grant? But at the same time, too, you better not take a day off right now because somebody may take your snaps that week if you're if you're not careful. You better not take many days off. And I, I think for the first time, Rodney can really sell that message. You know, you miss a couple of days of practice, you may be running third team when you come back to the practice field because you know guys are working ahead of you. He's got that kind of ability right now to use that competition as, as the biggest calling card. What you're saying is Elijah Simmons shouldn't have too many number 51 days. Yeah. He needs to be stacking up number 10 days, right? Yep. And you better, you better, you better fight through. I mean, 
you better, are you hurt or are you injured? Because if you're a little bit banged up and hurt, you might want to fight through that versus being injured. And I think that's a message that's out there as well. Listen, we, we, we got to go and I'm doing this on the fly. And so Megan's probably going to be cussing me, but Megan, can you go back to that picture of them coming through the tunnel? Joe Milton's leading them. It was from the scrimmage the other day. You flashed up there a moment ago. Grant, you want to talk about the getting off the bus picture and how intimidating this could be. When we see it in a moment, it's Joe Milton, and then it's Elijah Simmons over his right shoulder. And it's like, that is the most intimidating getting off the bus picture, uh, you know, it, it, you know, right now. I mean, that, that, that should put fear into a lot of opponents seeing that picture right there. That, uh, that number 10 practice jersey is doing a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Stretched over Elijah Simmons. That's like that. That's like that button that can't hardly. It's it's doing everything it can to keep that shirt button. That number ten man. That thing is stretched to the limits. Look at that thing right there. You got Joe leading the team. Elijah Simmons. If you're watching on YouTube, Elijah Simmons is right there to our right. Well, I mean, the bottom line with this team, as we wrap it up, is they are a better looking football team. Now we can. You can do this every year, and the answer for a lot of places and a lot of positions is going to be well. They've got to prove it. You know, they got to go out on game day and prove it. The same thing's being said right now at Ohio State about the quarterback position, right? Same thing's being said around the country in a lot of places. The bottom line with this team, when you cover them every day, Grant, you pick all the scabs, right? I mean, you 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 shred guys. I mean, you you find every wart you can find. The one wart you can't find with this team is they're not little. They don't look undersized. They don't look like they don't belong. They look more physical they look the part more than they've looked in quite some time at Tennessee and that in itself is an encouragement for every Tennessee fan out there as they get ready to start this season I mean they got a quarterback that's listed at what 235 and I think that's down 10 pounds from what he was listed at last year and they've got a I mean we talked linebackers I don't think anybody mentioned Aaron Carter I mean you walk on the practice field he looks like if you didn't know who you're looking at you weren't familiar with the roster or whatever. I mean, you think you're looking at a junior or something like just the way he looks the part. I mean, yeah, yep. it's, it's those guys all over the field. But at the same time, we're going to see 20 minutes of it for however many more days we're going to see 20 minutes of it. Uh, and then we'll see what they look like uh, on the field against days. Virginia. <laughs> three or four more to enjoy it while it lasts, boys. <laughs> all right. And that, uh, that, that 235 is still not the biggest quarterback in the SEC, which is just, you know, hard to believe. Uh, that's going to do it here for this edition of the VolQuest Podcast. Appreciate you guys for tuning in and joining us here today. For Awesome Price, Grant Ramey, Brent Hubs, I'm Eric Kane. A big thank you, as always, to our friends, Exterior Home Solutions. Please, for a free estimate, if you have a need, an upgrade, some repair work, whatever the case may be, they are the solution for you. 865-524-5888 for a free estimate or visit them online exteriorhomesolutions.com. Like this video, subscribe to the VolQuest YouTube channel. Let's get this video in front of more and more Tennessee fans. We'll be back on Thursday for the mailbag edition of the show. Until then, enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. You've been listening to the VolQuest podcast every week here on VolQuest.